Hello, and welcome to Your Lovely Intuition Podcast. I'm your host, Riley June, intuitive medium and spiritual mentor. Thank you for sharing your time and energy with me today as I take you on the journey of understanding and connecting with your intuition, your soul, the voice within, and the guiding forces in life like the universe who is always co-conspiring in your greatest favor. My mission is to give you deeper clarity, understanding, and self-assurance of who you are, why you're here, and what you're meant to be. Take a deep breath in release and let's dive into all things intuition now Hello, welcome back to another episode. All right, so I'm going to be introducing you to Christy Whitman this week. She is another incredible healer, and the work that she has done is so profound. We're going to get into all the things that she's accomplished and where she has been published. And I really just look forward to sharing her with all of you and her wisdom and her insight and truly how... um, reflective our conversation is and how it is so important and why it is so important to get down to the essence of your own individual energy. So sit back, enjoy, and yeah, let's dive in. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode on Your Lovely Intuition Podcast. I have a super, super special guest today with us, uh, a super special guest with us today. There we go. (laughs) Her name is Christy Whiteman. I'm saying that right, right, Christy? Whitman. Whitman, sorry, yeah, perfect. Um, That's okay, that's okay. (laughs) Awesome. So we have Christy Whitman with us, and she is a transformational leader. She has worked as a celebrity coach and is a New York Times bestselling author of The Art of Having It All. She's appeared on Today and The Morning Show, and her work has been featured in People's Magazine. And what I have researched and found from her over the past few weeks when I was... um, guided to her when her team was guided to me and I was guided to her she has done some incredible things in this world and I am so grateful to have her with us today so thank you Christy for joining us well thank you so much for inviting me Riley I appreciate being here with you love it so I'd like to get started just kind of letting you know the or letting the audience know about who you are and and kind of how you got to this point Oh boy, it's a long story. Um, <laughs> I, I got on my spiritual, my conscious spiritual journey, I'll just say it that way, um, about 25 years ago when I just was so, I kind of checked the box for all the things that I thought was going to make me happy. And I just, I, I didn't feel fulfilled. I didn't feel happy. So I, you know, graduated college. I moved to Chicago. I was living with my best friend in a nice brownstone in Wrigleyville. And, you know, I had like an amazing career. I was a wine representative for the city of Chicago. And, 
and on uh, restaurants and bars. And I got to eat at all the best restaurants and go to these awesome bars and parties and just, just having a time of my life. And yet I still felt really unsatisfied. And it was just a feeling of, is this all that, is this all there is? I mean, I feel like I've, I've got everything that I ever dreamt of this, this life that I have, you know, this is my early twenties. It's pretty, pretty great, but I'm not, I'm not satisfied. And so that asking that calling obviously got me to start evoking um, what then became my, my conscious spiritual journey. And I, I met a guy that was working for the company that I worked for. And so we had like this long distance relationship kind of thing. And so I ended up moving to California and the first person that he introduced me to uh, was a friend of a friend who happened to be a, a hairstylist and I needed to get my hair cut. So I went and saw Janine and she just had this, I didn't have this language at the time because I, I just didn't know what she had, but what I can look back now, it was like this effervescent joy. There was, there was just this, this energy about her that was so different than I'd had ever experienced in any other human being. And I was so attracted to who she was and what she was saying. And finally in the middle of the conversation, she's talking to me and stuff. I'm like being as blunt as I am. I said, okay, I got to know, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> and she just started laughing. You know, she started laughing because she knew exactly what I was talking about, even though I didn't know what I was talking about. And she says, well, I do a spiritual meditative practice. And at that point in my life, I thought meditation, oh my God, what like guru at the top of a mountain sitting in yogi style, you know, kind of elevating and uh, levitating or whatever. And, <laughs> and I thought meditation, what? And, and she's like, yeah, I do this deep, you know, profound meditation. And she goes, I'll introduce you to my meditation teacher. I'll get, I'll give you her phone number. And I'm like, okay. But I was so eager because I wanted to, um, sorry, freaked out. My son, husband got stung by a scorpion yesterday and I felt something on my toes. So I was like, oh my God, <laughs> um, a little paranoid. Oh my God. So back to the story. Um, so as she gave me her, her phone number, I was literally calling Melanie as I was walking out of the salon. And I found myself in front of her. I went to her house and it was very woo-woo, you know, what we would consider woo-woo. Yeah. There was rainbows and there was crystals and angel statues and you know all over the place and and she had us kind of sit down on the ground and and then she said something to me that just completely from this point on changed my life now keep in mind this is 25 years ago we did not have the internet as we know it today um, there wasn't a lot of books and if the books were written they were very secret corner of a bookstore that you know was like the woo-woo section that pe most people unless they're witchcraft would go to and she said to me you create your own reality and when she said that to me I, I just went yes I know that like I, I, I my head didn't know that there was something intuitively that knew that and so then of course my logical mind kicked in and said, well, how? And she said, well, you're either attracting things to you or repelling things from you by the way you think. And I thought, what do you mean the way I think? I mean, at that point in my life, my thoughts are my thoughts. I mean, you know, I knew I could change my mind. I don't want to go here. I want to go here instead, but to, what do you mean a thought? And so for me to have that conversation at that time in my life, that thoughts are, are just, they're not real. They're, they're, their program. They're coming from a place of, you know, what we've been told to think about things. And I, I literally was amazed. 
And that was like, I felt like I went into a whole alien experience, right? It was like, what? So when I, she gave me the assignment to go home for the week, come back, we'll make another appointment. But for the week, all I want you to do is just pay attention to your thoughts. Mm. And Riley, it was crazy because I never realized how negative I was. Like everything was, I was condemning myself or others or God. I was never happy or satisfied. I was always looking at things that were wrong and bad. I was just critical, judgmental. And what I, no wonder now that what I know now, no wonder I couldn't be satisfied, no matter what I was going to create. If I had, you know, all the money I needed in the world, if I had the love of my life, if I had the perfect health in my body, if, if I had all the things that I wanted and desired and still thought that way, I'd still be miserable inside. So it became a quest for me to really start to understand like what, what are these thoughts? And that's really been my life's work is to understand the consciousness of lack and limitation and how, and the universal laws, specifically the seven essential laws. And so I just kept attracting more information and just really became a student of life. And about five years in to my own personal experience and applying everything in my life and seeing myself go from dating bad boys to a really nice guy that I was in an eight-year relationship and marriage with, um, to seeing financial abundance and you know being able to really um, transition beautifully through the suicide of my sister to you know just all of these different wonderful and horrific life experiences but being able to grow from them by applying the universal laws. About five years in, I was meditating myself at night and I saw the cover of a book and it said Perfect Pictures by Christy Whitman. And I thought, well, that's interesting. I've never written a book, I'm not an author. And I went to bed that night and at 1.05 in the morning, I was woken up with this voice that was just in my head talking to me and I couldn't go to sleep, I couldn't go back to sleep. So I didn't know what it was, but I got up and I just put my pen to paper and my hand just automatically just started just writing. My hand was, my hand wasn't my own. It had no control over my hand and it kept writing and writing and writing and writing. I was there for a good hour and forgot about it, went back to bed, didn't even think about it really the next morning. Um, and I thought maybe I was dreaming, right? And so the next night, 105 in the morning, it happened again. Same kind of voice, different information. I got up and just started writing and, and just streaming of consciousness through my hand. And so this happened seven nights in a row. And I had just met a woman that was an author, Terry Cole Whitaker. She was one of the newfound thought, you know, like um, new thought ministers, kind of like around the time of Louise Hay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so so Terry Cole Whitaker had you know many books out and had success as an author, and I saw her speak, and so I emailed her and I said, I think I'm writing a book. How do I get a book published? And so she told me to go online and find a literary agent, and I typed in literally. I mean, again, this is early time of internet literary agent, and um, this man Glenn Molette pops up with his publishing company, and I had no idea about how publishing worked or anything. So he told me to send him this, the manuscript. He accepted it. I got my book published. And then my friends and family who were not the targeted audience for this book at all, um, they all bought it. 
you know, got a lot of criticism from them. Like, what the heck? You're so Pollyanna. You're so, you know, so just wearing rose color glasses, you know, this, like a lot of, not my friends, but my family. And so I decided to start speaking in spiritual bookstores and churches. Mm -hmm. And when I did, I was doing workshops, people got it. And then they were wanting more. So they were saying to me, do you coach? Now, again, this is 20 years ago. Profession of coaching was like a secret woo-woo thing, right? And when they even said, do you coach? I was like, what do you mean? Like cheerleading coach, football coach? I don't understand. Because I had no idea there was a thing called coaching, life coaching. Like what? People get paid for that? That's what? That's an industry? And um, so I went and got certified. And I, what I, first I would ask people to call me on the phone and I would take them through. And what I didn't realize I was doing with them is I was helping them shift their energy. Mm-hmm. And, and why it was so profound for them is because they were switching from lower level energy to higher level energy. And what we now know is obviously that was attracting something different in their life. So they were having amazing results. And when I was with them and hearing about their experiences, I loved it so much that I pursued it as a career while I was also a pharmaceutical rep. So um, about mm, a few years into that, I finally uh, went full-time in my coaching practice. And uh, I guess it was about seven years later, went full-time in my coaching practice and um, been certifying coaches since and um, been helping people manage and master their own energy and work with universal laws. So it's been quite a ride. So seven books later. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You, first of all, that is an absolutely incredible story. And you are just so speaking all of my, all of everything that I know. (laughs) And my soul is so lit up right now. And I want to share with you something that's really interesting about your story. And the fact that we're even in like, connecting right now. So, um, probably about two, no, it would have happened about the beginning of April. Same thing for me. I started getting woken up in the middle of the night, hearing voices and I'd sit up in bed and I'm like, what, look, what's going on right now? And I work with spirit. I I work as a medium and intuitive and things like that. So it's not like unnatural for me, but this didn't quite feel like spirit, like it had before, but I kept ignoring it and I kept ignoring it. And then one of your team members reached out to me and I completely missed the email the first time. And then a week later they emailed me again and I got the second one and I was like, wait, what are you talking about? So I go back and I look at all the things that you've done and I'm looking over your books that you've written and and the story of how they were wrote. And I'm like, wow, that's really interesting. And so we set up the interview and all the things. And then um, I start pulling out my journal and I just start writing. Um, I was introduced to a podcast that you were on with, um, oh, for the life of me, I can't remember her name. Um, she has an intuition, uh, spiritual boss, babe. Um, mm. yeah. So I listened to your interview with her and I was like, that's what this voice is. This voice is telling me to start writing. So I pulled out my journal and I just started writing and I had to, I knew I had to be in the bath to be able to have that like grounding element. And my husband comes in and I'm literally sitting there. I'm like, yo, babe, look at this. Like, this is absolutely (laughs) crazy. What is going on? I'm flipping pages and writing. And it was, you're right. It wasn't me. It wasn't my own hand doing this. And I'm going back to read over it. And I'm like, looking at it. I'm like, what is going on right now? What am I uncovering? Like, this is crazy. And even some of the things I go on the internet and 
I can fact check some of it, but there's not like my, what I'm getting is like another part of the story that's out there for us to know. And I'm sitting on this and I'm like, I don't even know what to do with this. I don't know what's going on. And then I'm introduced to Dolores Cannon and I start looking at her work and I start seeing the things that she's talking about. And a lot of the things that she's talking about, some of her, what she's saying is filling in pieces of what now I'm going into, but is on the other side of what she's saying. And it was really incredible because I was like, what, you know, things aren't a coincidence. Things all happen no. synchronistically. And when we tap into energy, when we become consciously available for ourselves, for our soul, things manipulate and maneuver in ways that we could never understand or, or perceive them to be understood because it just happens for us. And it's so incredible. And then we see this evolution that we're going through right now. And we see all these people who have been doing this incredible work for so long I don't want to say like shaking the finger at people because it's not what it's about. It's about helping people rise into their own consciousness. But it's like you, you've been conditioned to believe that what we've been doing is crazy or woo woo or witchcraft or all these things when it's like, actually, in fact, what we've been talking about and what we've been sharing for so long is the, is the truth. And it's not yes. that it's the truth that you need to believe in, but it's the truth to help you find your own truth to find your own awareness. And it's just, it's absolutely fascinating to me to be alive at this particular time in life, to be in the midst of this evolution and to really be able to not only have a voice on the side of change and of love and of good, but also to be in a position where you know, you consciously know how to also sit back and watch it unfold you now get to see things for truly what they are. And where you are already in the position of seeing them for what they are, you're watching other people have that light bulb aha moment. And it is just so absolutely divine. It truly is. That's beautifully said. It's, it's so true. It's, I couldn't agree with you more. Oh, yes. so so it, is, it's a, it is a blessing. It really is. Yeah. It is a blessing. Yeah. So for you, um, what, how do you feel that, uh, conditioning has really taken people away from finding their true happiness for them? It's everything because we are, we are divinely designed to be in the flow of well-being and love and abundance and success and it's our, our true nature to feel joy and to be able to enjoy this life. And everything that is conditional or conditioned in us is the things that says we have to struggle, that we're separate from everybody else. We, we can't be um, who we are because then we're going to be cast out of the tribe. So we got to make sure everybody likes us or we're like other people or that we can't make waves. Um, the parts of us that are are afraid to try or reach out because we're going to be ostracized from our you know community or our family or we won't be liked or um, the parts of us that say that I, I just no matter what I do I can't seem to lose weight make money find the partner whatever it is all of those old programmings that anything that feels bad is coming from not 
our true nature. It's coming from imprints. I always like to say that, you know, I, I teach about the seven essential laws and one of them in particular is the law of sufficiency and abundance. And that it really is a spectrum. On one side of the spectrum, you have lack and on the other side, you have abundance. And with the lack perspective, whenever we're in lack, it feels bad. We feel fear, worry, doubt, frustration, disappointment, all of those things. Lack always leads to those lower level, not, feel, not feeling good emotions. Whereas the tipping point to get from lack to abundance is satiation, is being satisfied, is ha- coming from that place of being content, looking for the positive aspects, having that appreciation and gratitude for what we do have. And that moves us into feeling good. And whenever we're in that space of feeling good, we're in alignment. But when we're in lack or feeling bad, we're coming from a perspective is not who we are divinely designed to be. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I'm curious, um, what is your opinion on, on everything going on right now? What is your view of this whole ex- experiment, if you will? Yes. So um, I'm not sure if you know this, but I channel the council and that's been part of my evolution is that I full on channel now. And so um, for me, when this all happened, I was confused as hell because I'm like, why this? Like, I don't get it. Why this? Why now? There's been other viruses, other things like this has never happened before. You know, my dad's 88. He's like, never in the history of my life has anything like this ever happened before. You know, so it's, it's a, it was a questioning of like, what is going on? And grateful that I have the council to consult with because um, they said that this really is an amplification time. And just like kind of like the, when you think about it from a microcosm perspective is that each individual person has universal laws that we must know and adhere to because we are all creating our own experience of life. And we have our free will and choice as to where we put our focus and our attention and whether we want to heal or, and remove blocks and energy we all have that ability to do that. So when you have something like COVID that's happening where every single person around the globe is experiencing the same thing, it's a universal thing that's never before in the history of humankind experienced before. And yet each and every person will be having their own experience of it. I know people that are thriving. I'm one of them in the middle of all this. Yeah. But then other people are just really, they're, they're having a lot amplified for them. And what I mean amplified is that for one person, the fears, or the worries, the, the, the dysfunctional relationship they, they have with money is being amplified because they're terrified about, oh my God, I lost my job. Where, how am I going to make money? They're not realizing that their divine is their source and it's not the job that they no longer have. And that amplification is calling them forward for them to understand who they are and what their power is. And same is true for two opposite ends of the spectrum. You can have one person that's home and they're stuck with people that were a partner that they haven't enjoyed for a long time. They haven't made a decision to leave the partner. Now they're stuck at home with them and they're like, I cannot do this anymore. And that's being so amplified for them that they're wanting to make a decision or a choice. And on the other you know, spectrum of that, you have other people that are quarantined home alone mm-hmm. and they've been wanting a partner, they're feeling lonely, and now boom, this is amplifying that for them even more. And all of it really is to be amplified to show that 
the only, the true source of all of it, the good, the good part of it, if you will, what they really desire to have a partner, to feel fulfilled, to be abundant, to have the money, to, you know, have a loving and supportive relationship that they actually like to be in, to have a career that really lights them up. All of that must first be felt energetically from the divine because all form follows energy. And if someone is coming from a place of, I'm not fulfilled, I'm lonely, I'm, you know, I'm in lack, I don't have enough, I'm, you know, I'm being abused, I'm whatever is happening, yeah. I don't have the support. It, it has to enter, we have to receive that as a fulfillment of energy first before we can experience it in the outer world. It is the spiritual truth as, as within, so without. Yeah. It, there, there's, it's, tr it's truth. It's just truth. Yeah. Uh, so it is an opportunity. We're in a place of opportunity. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree with everything you're saying. And it's, it's so in alignment with what I've been sharing so much recently. And I've even been finding that as I've been, so I've been channeling the council as well, and they've been giving me a lot of very, very similar messages. And the really interesting thing that they showed me yesterday is that um, I was kind of asking for like, okay, so we, we do have this perceived condition that woo-woo spiritualism energy, like there's still a stigma to it. I was like, so how can I compare or relate this to somebody who is well-recognized, well-acknowledged, all those things? And they showed me Maslow's uh, hierarchy theory. And so if you go through the theory, it starts with your basic needs, your shelter, your sleep, your food. You move up a level, it has uh, your safety, your work, your security. Above that is your connections, your relationship. Above that is your achievements, your confidence. And then on the top is self-actualization. And if you look at this experience in its entirety, what are the top three things that have been taken out? The whole base of the pyramid. People have been wiped out of right. their jobs, out of their security, out of scarcity with food, out of overwhelm to, you know, we see people going and raiding the grocery stores, right? Um, and then above that, their connections, everyone's been completely divided. So in order to be able to get to self-actualization in this particular time, churches are wiped out, all these places where people have need those top or those bottom three things to really stay secure in their life and to be willing to find the perception or idea or understanding to go higher, to feel the confidence, to find their own truth. Um, that's been taken away from people. And that's something that we don't realize that that's happened. We, you know, we see COVID-19, we see conspiracies, we see you know, the two sides of the story right now really playing out. And it's like, but it, in essence, anyone who is facing that struggle or the difficultness or who is really finding themselves in fear of this whole experience, those bottom three things for them to be able to truly rise to the occasion has been wiped out from them. And so it was really interesting when they shared this to me because it, it all made sense. And if you actually take his pyramid and you flip it, it's exactly flip what you're talking down, about. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly what you're talking about. You start from the self-actualization. You start from within. And then you have the confidence to go and pursue proper connections and relationships. And then you find the job security through something that actually aligns with you. And then all your basic needs aren't a question. They're just naturally met. And when I sat with that, I was like, wow. I mean, for a moment, I was like, wait, did I actually get that? <laughs> But then I was like, yeah, this, like wherever it came from, like, obviously this makes sense. That's, that's exactly what it is. And since the beginning of time, when he founded that theory, we've been taught this. 
But unless you're in psychology or behavioral studies or something to that degree, you don't get taught these things. I think it's like a very yeah. brief thing that you're shown in, in history in um, junior high or high school, but, but that's about it. Well, it's also a very human thing. And, it, and from a human level, if you're looking at, like you're saying, psychology and, and, and sociology and all that kind of stuff, it is true. Because it's like, the, it's the people that are feeling like, well, I need to have a home and I need to have the food and I need to have the money and I need to have the connection. Then I can, you know, feel secure with all that. Then I can take a self growth program, right? Yeah. It, that's true from a human level. But when we understand that from a human level, that's only 4% of who we really are. Yeah. From, from a more broad spectrum quantum level, the 96% is energy. It's divine. And so that's what really it, it, for years, it's not that that was wrong. It was that that's where humans were in their consciousness and understanding of who they were and what, what would make a human feel better, right? Because if you take that whole entire theory and give it to someone that's not self-actualized, they're going to be like, oh my God, how could I do that? I need to eat. I need to have food. I need to have, you know, a roof over my head. They don't understand that it's the energy that creates the inner that creates the outer, but it's someone that has created more of an involvement and has a deeper sense of who they are from a divine perspective that it is turned upside down. Yeah. 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 And it's, you can even look at the way that it's designed too. It's like you take the self-actualization, which is basically the bottom of the pyramid, which is also the smallest in that essentially spectrum but you take it and that is the inner part of it. And then everything beyond that expands your confidence, your security, your connection, the way that you live. Everything. And it's so, it's so interesting because we haven't been taught to think critically. So for someone to see that, perceive that and understand that and take that as their own belief is swapping the theory. We're, we're taught that this is the theory instead of, you know, what, how else can you perceive this? What else about this could be true? We're not taught to think like this. So people look at that. They're like, oh, that's this guy's theory. That makes sense. Here we go. But it's like, but what if we change it? What if we change the dynamic of it? And I truly believe and see that this is what this whole experiment is about in this world. And that's why everything's being completely amplified. People are really in the state of either fear and uh, compliance or they're in the state of love and they're feeling expanded, even in this, no matter where we are, no matter if the world is at a halt, right? People are finding a way to make connections based on the, you know, the directions or guidance that we're having, or there's a people who are very succumbed to the fear and they aren't leaving their home. So it's really, it's really fascinating to have this perception and to find more people like you who see things this way. Um, in a human experience, it makes you feel a lot less alone <laughs> in what you're saying. Yes. But then just in, yes. you know, and then in like just the growth and the reality of life, it's, it's so beautiful to know that there are other people who not only are just seeing this, but have been seeing this for a long time. And then you look at the life that those people live, it goes exactly back to what you're saying. They're satisfied. They don't buy into consumerism. They're not chasing the next best thing because the money that flows into them, they have balance with it. They understand it. They love it for what it is. And they don't need to go out and blow it all on the next best thing. They take care of the things that they have and they, they get to live with those extras that they actually want, which is so, so fascinating. 
Yes. And, it, and it's an involvement to get there, you know, because mm -hmm. it, it, it just, it's a process of, of, of being so conditioned to be in that human experience and the lack. And, and it's every, it's the dedication to shifting off of this perceptions that feel bad to shifting to the perceptions that feel good because it is all perception and we have a choice in that. Yeah. And that, you know, it's, it's like as a, as a kid, you know, I've got a blue pen, right? We learn this is a blue pen and it serves us well to know that this is a blue pen versus this is a black pen, right? And it's something that we learn and something we don't have to relearn, unlearn. And if I need to go reach for a blue pen rather than a black pen, I know which one to reach for. But we do that with everything, not understanding that perception of, you know, I was saying the other day, my son last week, um, he was, you know, obviously he's being homeschooled. I have a nine-year-old and a 10-year-old. And uh, my husband and my, my oldest son kind of butt heads sometimes. And they were kind of, you know, kind of getting into it a little bit above my head because we have two, uh, two floors. <laughs> and I was wondering like, what's, what was going on? Right. And so my husband was trying to get my son to focus and he wasn't focusing. And so he was getting impatient and they, they needed to take a break. So that night I'm tucking my son into bed and I said, um, I go, Alex, do you know how much you're loved? And he said, by you. And I go, well, what do you mean? And he goes, I don't feel like I'm loved by daddy. And I go, really? Why? And he goes, because he's so impatient when I am trying to do schoolwork. And I go, well, let me tell you, daddy's not a teacher. He doesn't pretend to be. He's doing his best. And think of all the ways that he does show you that he loves you. He grabs you and holds you and tells you he's proud of you. He takes you to all the different sporting things, you know, birthday parties that you've been invited to. And he makes sure that I go out and play with you and Max, that, you know, so that you guys are getting in your soccer and your football. And he's always bringing you to get the kind of foods that you want. And he's always making you really good foods. I mean, he shows you a lot of ways that he loves you. And he, he totally opened up his perception and went, yeah, you're right. But had he, had we not had that conversation easily in his mind, as his mind would tell him that that's a blue pen it could easily tell him, daddy doesn't love me. Yeah. And from that imprint creates a whole different belief system and then life experience. Yeah. And just by shifting and illuminating light on that, well, that's, that's not true. This is what's true. Yeah. He was able to go, yeah, that's true. You know? So as we, as we challenge those limiting thoughts and limiting beliefs, and we look for people that have evidence that you actually can be successful or you can have the money that you want, or you can be spiritual and have money, or you can have health in your body, or you can be with the, have a really healthy relationship that'll last that's built on love and trust and support and commitment. And, and, you know, all the things that people feel that um, they don't have enough of, or it's not for them, or we, we can challenge those things and look for evidence that not only that other people have been able to do it, but that the divine has that as a blueprint for us to experience. Yeah. Cause we're, we're, we're always, we are energy beings and we are always in receptive mode to energy. And we have trillions of cells in our bodies that have receptor sites. And so if we're not deliberately choosing the energy that we want to bring in where we want to be under the influence from or by then we're going to be influenced by negativity. We're going to be influenced by mass consciousness or by what people tell us. And that energy of fear and lack and doubt and all that, that's going to be what we continue to stay in 
or we develop that interconnection with our divine self that is all is the holder provider supplier of all the positive energy and then we actually get to feel good and then of course since we're energy generators and we're energy transmitters when we transmit energy out that we're feeling then that becomes a reflection for us in our outer reality it's lots of law of attractions attraction based universe not a you know imposition or assertion based universe yeah yeah i totally feel that and um for you how have you really found that doing this work has helped to change the dynamic uh, for your children change their way of perception of life and and help them really come to their own beliefs and their own satisfaction in life well, you know, they've, they've learned about law of attraction before they can even speak and understand it. Because I, 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 you know, some people say, why are you even talking to kids about that? Cause it's like, they ought to learn it at some point, right? Mm -hmm. It's like some people will say, well, why are you teaching your manners to your two month old? Well, because they got to learn it at some point, Yeah, you know? So it's like, it's never too early to learn it. And it, it, it's it, there. At what point do you wait until they're 10? It's too late. Yeah. So for me and my husband, it, it, just as much as saying please and thank you and teaching them to, you know, when they sneeze or cough, put their hand and doing it consistently and repeatedly, you know, we're always talking about you're creating your reality. And if something happens, how do you need to shift your energy? And you have to be very mindful of the energy that you're bringing into this situation, into this, this dynamic, dynamic of the family. And that the universe is always fair. It's always giving you what you vibrate out and, you know, helping them really work with energy because both of them obviously have had contrasting experiences and, and had their little hearts broken or, you know, had a friend one day that was in a bad mood and said, I don't want to be your friend anymore. You know, and, and Maxim, my youngest being as sensitive as he is, he just didn't want to talk about it. And he was just upset and I said, well, you know, everything is energy. So if you hold on to it, it it's going to bother you more than it needs to. And you don't need to tell me, but let's at least get rid of the energy. So processing the sadness he was feeling, he didn't feel as, a, as tight and emotional. And he released that sadness. And then he was able to say, well, Wyatt told me today he didn't want to be my friend anymore. And, and, I, and I said, well, how, you know, how did that make you feel? I'm sad. Okay, well, let's process the sadness, you know, another level of the sadness. And then he was able to return back to being joyful, went back to school the next day and Wyatt was like, Hey buddy, you know? So he was like, what in the heck is wrong? With this yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's like, at least he wasn't, you know, holding on to it. And the same thing with Alex, you know, got yelled at by a teacher one day and, and felt like crushed and, you know, it's like, okay, well let's process that energy so that it can be a different experience. And and you know, I talked to school about teachers shouldn't be yelling at their kids, but um, you know, so, it's all about energy first, right? It's like they're at a private Montessori school. Hopefully your teachers aren't yelling at the children. Otherwise I'd send them to the public school down the street. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's all energy and they know that. And, and so when something happens that they're, they're mindful of how they're creating their own reality. And there's just, like I said, there's never, there's never a time to not start that conversation with them. Yeah. They were, they were, I have videos of them at like, I think Alex was about two, maybe two years old, maybe 16, 18 months, something like that. And he was saying affirmations. So I have videos of him going, I am free. I am good. Aww. I am love. You know, it's adorable, but it's something that 
when he would come home, let's do our affirmations. I am free. I am good. Or if he thinks that he did something bad or he got in trouble for it, I have repeat that over. I'm good. I am good. I am good. You know, I remember, I remember one time we went on a trip and uh, he, he, they didn't have soccer for the two weeks when they were gone and his soccer team, my son, Alex, when, when he was gone, they won. And so he made the conclusion as this pen, pen is blue, right? That my team doesn't need me because they win when I'm not with, when I'm not there. And I said, well, that's not a very good feeling thought to have. And that's not a very good feeling belief to have. Why don't you try this? I'm an important member of my soccer team. And he's like, but it's not true. And I'm like, but either is the other one. So which one are you going to make true? You get to decide which one is true. You can sit there and feel like, oh, my team wins when I'm not there. So I guess I'm not an important part of the team. That doesn't feel good. How, how eager are you going to be to go play with your soccer team? And how good do you think you're going to show up when you actually go to play? Yeah. But if you tell yourself, I'm an important member of my soccer team, you're going to feel like playing. You're going to feel good. You're going to feel like contributing. You're going to know that you have value on that team. And that's what we shifted it to. He shifted it to. And then went out and played. And the next day that they played, the next game, scored a goal. So, And I was like, see, you're an important, valuable part of your team, right? So it's just, it's all those little moments of that solidification of this pen is blue, right? When this pen is blue, but daddy doesn't love me or I'm not an important member of my team. That's not that black or white. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I love that. And it's so beautiful to see you doing that work with your children because the next generation, I truly believe needs to, they do need to have these values instilled within them. They do need to learn critical thinking. They do need to understand their energy first and foremost. And I, I too see it in my children and them being very sensitive and um, even to like our animals. Our dog wasn't feeling very good a couple of weeks ago and, and I noticed it and I recognized it, but I don't like to tell my children about that because I don't want to create a fear that's, that they don't necessarily understand how to process or can't do anything about. And my daughter went and sat with the dog and she petted it and she, she was like, oh, Mika's not feeling very good. She just needs some extra love right now. And I was like, you're right, she does. That is what she needs. And and then a few hours later, after um, her having laid there for a day and a half, she got up and she went outside. And then my daughter took her outside and, and they played together for a bit. And it was, she was like, see, mom, I made her feel better. And I was like, yeah, you absolutely did. Because love yeah. heals the world. Love heals everybody. And, uh, and, and for her, it's even being around big groups of people she gets very overwhelmed by things she has a difficult time in schools and and schools don't teach you how to learn or to think for yourself Um, especially children right they have the curriculum that they have to follow and there's you know more than 10 or 15 20 people in a class and it's it it is unfortunate and i do feel like with what we're experiencing that that dynamic's going to change very vastly um having parents kind of learn to be the teacher and and learn to navigate their child's sense of learning and really seeing how or why that child has been struggling in school and and figuring out different points of how to get them to focus and how to get them to move their energy and how to get them to learn things and digest and it's it's so it's just truly so beautiful to see and uh, I guess like I said before I'm very grateful that 
there's lots of us on the side of, of love and energy and understanding to help that next generation to deeper understand for themselves too. Absolutely. It's essential. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm, I, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to see who they I'm looking forward to see who they become because I wish I would have learned this when I was a kid, you know? Right. <laughs> Are we going to ask? Um, I was going to say, I have one more uh, divine question for you. Before we wrap this up for today, I want to honor your time and your space. And I super appreciate you being here. But um, if you could sit down with someone right now uh, who was just starting to connect with their energy, their life, their direction, their soul's mission, intuition, um, what is two pieces of advice that you would give them that uh, could really help them start, I guess? Well, the first thing I would tell them, and I'm glad you're asking this question. Um, the first thing I would tell them is you have to watch your words because your words it says even in the Bible, in the beginning, there was the word and our words are so creative. Our words are our wands. And when you think about it, thoughts are a series of words. And there are so many words that we have in our vocabulary and that we say as, as part of our society that are so based in lack and pull our energy down. I actually got this asked this question so many times that um, I created a 30-day free video program called Watch Your Words. You know, it's a free gift that you can give to all your listeners. So it's just watchyourwords.com. And it's literally 30 videos and you get a video a day and they're just you know short, quick videos. So something can just get the information. But I share three pieces of information in every video. What is the word or phrase you want to absolutely shift away from? Why? And then what to say instead. So for example, what, what I find is so relevant right now is I hear so many people, even celebrities on interviews, um, you know, as people are talking with each other, oh my God, I miss that so much. I miss going to my kid's soccer game. I miss going to school. I miss my friends. I miss that. When you're focused on what you miss, you're in lack. Now, obviously, there are things that we all want to do right now that we can't. But when you're saying, and I've been shifting this with my kids' language and making sure I'm using this, I would so appreciate a pedicure right now. Can I just tell you? But I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, my God, I miss getting a pedicure. I need a pedicure. I'm really, when that, pedi when that nail place opens, I'm <laughs> going to so appreciate getting that pedicure, right? I'm not going to say, oh my God, I miss date nights with my husband. I'm saying when those restaurants open, I'm, we're going to pick the most perfect restaurant for us and have a date, get a babysitter and have a, a really awesome date night. I am so going to appreciate that. So instead of saying what you miss, say what you appreciate. Mm -hmm. Alex said that to me the other day. I miss my friends. I'm like, yeah, but think about it. How much more you're going to appreciate being with them when you get to be with them. And he's like, oh, that's true. I wonder if this place is open and that place will open. It got him moving in a different direction where he was now excited about all the things I was going to be doing with his friends instead of being down in the dumps that he can't see his friend today. Yeah. So it's really important to watch our words. It's essential. So watchyourwords.com gives you all 30 of those. The next thing I would say is really understand that where you put your focus and attention is so critical. So if you are focusing on contrast or what's negative in your life or what you don't want, it's important to ask yourself three questions. Number one, what do I want? So get your focus off of what you don't want, focusing on what you do want. What do I want? 
why do I want it? Because a lot of times we don't know the real why. Yeah. And a lot of times it might be just a superficial reason, but we not, might not even aware that there's a deeper reason for why we want. Plus, when we focus on the why, we start to evoke the energy of the universe, law of attraction, our own energy system that starts bringing that to fruition. And then of course, why we want something, all of us want what we want because we want to feel a certain way. So what do I want? Why do I want it? How do I want to feel? Yeah. And once you're aware of, I want to just want to, it doesn't even have to be specific. It'd be, I just want to feel good. Yeah. Then get into the place of feeling good. Choose to feel good. Mm-hmm. Practice feeling good or joy or abundance or success or whatever that feeling is. What do I want? Why do I want it? How do I want to feel? And then feel it. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I love that. That is perfect. And that's, Thank you. I think my favorite thing about what you just said too, is it's very digestible. It's not about, okay, go dive into meditation. It's not about go dive into crystals. It's not about go dive into intuition because though those things are very important when breaking patterns, conditionings, and beliefs and rewiring to make the most sense to you, you do, you have to start with the most simplest of things with your focus and your words, and then everything else gets to be easier along the way. Yep. Excellent. I love it. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I so appreciate you. Yes. And uh, I'll put your your website link and your your social media and such in the uh, show notes. And then you guys can all go and check her out and go check out her watchyourwords.com. So thank you. Thank you so much. Ah, you guys, how incredible was she? I am so honored to have been approached by her team to share in that time that we spent with each other and to be able to share this episode with you. So if you enjoyed it, take a screenshot right now, tag me on Instagram at Riley June and let me know what you thought. I'd love to hear all about it. All right. Sending you so much love. Take care. Thank you for spending your time with me in this week's episode. I would love and appreciate so much if you could share this with one person that you truly feel could take away something great and divine. It is my absolute promise to always bring you the best of value, the deepest connections, and the insight and golden nuggets for you to be able to take away in your day. Reviews are always welcomed. And if you'd like to connect further with me, you can check me out on Instagram at Riley June, R-Y-L-E-E, June as in the month, or at RileyJune.ca. Either way, I love and appreciate you and your time today, sending you off in love and light.